It's good morning, Impact City. Good morning. Look at somebody beside you. Tell them good morning. Tell them it's good to see you. Now look at your second choice and tell them it's good to see you. Please be seated for just a few moments. Man, it's so good to, to welcome you. We are excited for Baptism Sunday today. Amen. It is a big deal, and we are here to celebrate. We're here to celebrate, and we're excited for it. Um, we, we invite you, if you've never been a part of it, or if you have been a part of it, we just invite you to st stick around for just a few more minutes after service is done, and we're going to um, be able to celebrate the baptisms here in just a bit. We also want to remind you that this coming Wednesday is First Wednesday. We have one opportunity a month to come together on Wednesday and just to be able to praise God and to be able to celebrate who He is in our lives. And we invite you to join us. If not, you're going to have to wait till November. So let's make the effort. Let's make the op let's make uh, let's make it a point to be here. We have so many. We have 24 hours in a day. You you can do the math. Monday through Friday, we can set aside one hour. We can set aside one hour to be here on Wednesday from seven to eight, and be able to have a good time in the presence of the Lord. So today we're week five. Uh, we're going to be speaking about overflow of the heart. Everything is in the U version app. Uh, our scripture is found in Proverbs chapter four. Verses 20 through 23. If you have it, you can go there, uh, turn your Bibles, uh, tap, or turn whatever uh, method you have. But everything, as I mentioned, is in the YouVersion app, and we invite you to just go there. There's a place for you to add notes and, and do all that. So Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 23 says this, My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words, do not let them out of your sight, keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them, and health to one's whole body. Above all else, if you don't do anything else, he said, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Amen. We've been talking about living out of the tree of life. And if you haven't been here the, the past four Sundays, we've talked uh, and put the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil side by side. And, and thinking of the approach and being intentional uh, in our approach in living, that we constantly as humans do struggle with sin and we need God in the areas of our lives. I'm grateful that where I am weak he is strong. I'm glad that his strength is made perfect in my weakness, that I don't have to have it all figured out and I don't have to have it all together, but I can rely on him. We've been talking about making sure that our approach is aligned with the tree of life, that daily I have a decision to make. For, above, above daily, every moment, every reaction that I have, I have a choice to be able to pursue the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, or I can choose the tree of life. And it's not just about doing something. It's not just about coming to church, but it's rather the motive and the, the approach behind that. So today we're going to be talking about the overflow of the heart. And, and the writer of the book of Proverbs, who's King Solomon, he tells us, above all else, guard your heart. He's given us wisdom. If Remember, Solomon is the one, is the king that asked uh, the Lord. He said when he could ask anything, he didn't ask for riches, he didn't ask for fame, 
Uh, he didn't ask for popularity, but he asked for wisdom. And he is here sharing with us, and he says, above all else, guard your heart. So let's take a look at this. Let's dive right in. So the condition of our heart is so important because what we do, the outward symptoms, what people get to see, what I get to see in my life is a result of what is deep down on the inside. The outward symptoms that we see, giving in to temptation, depression, anger, acting out, frustration, all of that is tied to a deeper issue that comes from the inside. When I act out, when I, when I just go off, it is because there's something on the inside that, that I have left unattended that has harbored in my heart. And if I leave it unattended, I'll never deal with it. And I'll constantly deal with what is going on. That is why uh, we, we could go to different type, we can have different conversations and, and talk about, well, I'm treated this way or he treats me this way and, and I, I feel angry, I feel upset. There, there's something in our lives. There is an event perhaps that triggered something, and because we have left that issue unattended, because we have left that issue without being tended to, we are now dealing with the repercussions. We're now dealing with the symptoms of what once took place. Another version of Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 says this. He says, above all else, guard your heart, for from it flows all the issues of life. All the issues, all the issues. For all the issues that we are dealing with, hidden, unhidden, whatever we are facing right now from it, all, it flows all the issues of life. And that's why we really need to pay attention to our heart, what comes in, what comes out, because everything that we deal with comes from the heart, all the issues that you are constantly facing with right now. If we could get our heart aligned to God's word, it could drastically change what we're dealing with today. I'll say it this way. It is a matter of the heart. It's not your spouse. It's not your parents. It's not your employer. It's not your finances. It was not circumstances. It's that those particular circumstances, those particular issues, they got into our heart and the reason that we act the way we act is because, yes, I was once hurt, but it, more importantly, it's because that issue has found a place to live inside of me. It has found residence inside my heart. But the great news is that God loves us enough to not leave us like that. God loves us enough to not leave us like that. We get ourselves into trouble, and sometimes we, we, sometimes it's our own decisions, and sometimes it's the decisions of others. But I'm glad that God loves us enough to remind us that is in his word that I have a choice in how I live my life from this day forward. I have a choice in whether I'm going to harbor resentment in my heart and let it eat away at me, or if I'm going to say, Jesus, God, I release it to you, and I believe. Uh, that, that you can do something great in my life still, regardless of what I have faced, regardless of what I've lived, regardless of what I've, exper I've experienced. I believe that God is not through with me yet. God is not through with you yet. And for the hidden areas that you don't even like to talk about, for the hidden areas that maybe you haven't disclosed to anyone, God loves you enough to not leave you hurting, to not leave you with tears in your eyes and pain 
pain in your heart. And for some of us today, we're fighting on different levels. That uh, We're fighting on different levels, things that have been with us for years that, that you can date back to 20, 30, 40, 50 years that, yes, we go through life, but suffering on the inside, suffering internally. I have a word for you today. His word can change your present and can change your future. His word can change you right now. Because the, the, the crazy thing is that us as humans, we tend to deal with the symptoms and we don't deal with the root cause of what is taking place. We tend to deal with the anger. We tend to deal with the frustration. We go to counseling, but we're not dealing with what is really causing the anger. We're not dealing with what's really causing the frustration. What is taking place? Let, let's put it this way. A sore throat is, is an indication of a deeper issue. I can go... If if I have a sore throat, I can go get some cough drops, and it can soothe the pain. But, but the, the sore throat is an indication that I'm either fighting allergies uh, or I'm fighting an infection that is on the inside. And if I don't get some antibiotics and if I don't treat what is taking place on the inside, that sore throat will persist. We, we have to stop as society, as people of God, dealing with solely the symptoms and get down to what is truly causing it. Because if we don't deal with what's truly causing it, the symptoms will resurface time and time again. That's why you can stop screaming and stop being angry for a week, but then it comes back and stares at you right in the face because we haven't dealt and we haven't surrendered our, our heart to God and said, God, you know what? I'm letting this go. I can't do anything about it anymore. It's gone. It's past. But I'm going to surrender it to you, and I'm going to trust you with it. I'm going to trust you with it. There is something deeper, and that is why our focus needs to shift, and our focus needs to change to remove what is really causing the symptoms. There's a scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. It says this, the Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance. People look at what we're facing. People look at what we're going through. People look at what we've been a victim of. People look at all of that. But the Bible says that God looks at the heart. This is an incredible scripture that, that, is, that is derived from the time when, when Samuel was going to anoint the next king of Israel and went to the house of Jesse and, and Jesse took out all these good-looking young men that were his sons, but, but he hid one. He hid one, and then he was out taking care of the sheep, and that is where we find this incredible, this incredible passage of Scripture that while the outward appearance from these men appeared to, do, to, appear to be a fitting of a king, but yet God was looking at the inward. And what, what is, why is that important today? Because God is looking at our heart. God is looking at what is going on on the inside. So I want to talk about a few blockages of the heart that can affect every area of our lives. And we need to take steps to remove these blockages for our hearts in order to live a life of freedom. This is found in your version app. There's four blockages. The first one is selfishness. Selfishness. It's greater than me not thinking of others. It's greater than me not considering others. It is way greater than that. The Bible says this in James chapter 3. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it 
or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. Disorder and evil practice are the symptoms. Is there disorder in your life? Just think about that for a moment. Is there disorder in any area of your, of your life, whether internally, whether externally in a relationship, whether that be in your career, whether that be in your finances? Is there some disorder that is taking place in your life? Could it be traced back to selfishness? We're going to unmask the things that have held us hostage, the things that have tried to hold us back to be able to live a life that God called us to live. We're coming against selfishness in the name of of Jesus? Is there disorder in your marriage, in your mind? Could there be something deep down on the inside that is causing this, that, that, is, that is resulting in this? And in order to remove the blockage of selfishness, we must actively surrender our lives to God. That's hard for us to hear because we like to have control. I've said it time and time again. We like to have control. And it's hard for me to say, God, I give it all to you. God, I give it all to you. I can't deal with it anymore. But there comes a point where we have to trust him and know that his plans are good and know that he can do better for us than we can do for ourselves. To know that he is the God that can work it all out. We have to remove selfishness. Through surrender. Through surrender. Could we trust God in complete surrender to know that he can work in the areas that we have been unsuccessful in? Could we trust him? The second is bitterness. Bitterness. Maybe someone said something. Maybe someone did something. Maybe someone looked your way in a wrong way. Maybe they did something to you time and time again and long ago, and that has taken place in our hearts. Let's look at what Jesus said. He said, then he said to his disciples, he said, it's impossible that no offenses should come. This is Jesus, the master speaking. It is impossible. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 19 says, A brother wronged is more unyielding than a fortified city. Disputes are like the barred gates of a citadel. Bitterness occurs and it blocks our hearts when we hold on to hurt that was caused by another person. And, and, and I get it that we have been there, and, but we must live a life of forgiveness to remove the bitterness and to remove the blockage that has been in our hearts and has not allowed us to truly experience God the way he wants us to experience him. Because we, we, we tend to live life by following our feelings. Amen. Don't follow your feelings. Don't follow your feelings. Make a choice. Make a choice. Let your choices lead and then let your feelings follow the choice that you have made. Amen? It, it is so important for us to make a choice. That, that's what David said. I say this time and time again when he said, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will 
rejoice. I will be glad in it. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I'm going to make a choice. I can imagine that maybe he said it in the morning in his morning devotional. I don't know what today is going to look like, but this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I'm not going to let my feelings... I'm not going to let my emotions, I'm going to make a choice. It's going to be a great day. God is with me. Yeah, I may get upset. Yeah, my coffee might spill. Yes, this may happen. But you know what? This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. It doesn't mean that I may not have a headache. It doesn't mean that I may not have to reach for some excedrin. It doesn't mean that I may not get a call from the principal's office that my kid acted up in school. It doesn't mean that, that they may call me from the doctor saying that they want to follow Follow up with me, but this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm not gonna let my I'm gonna let myself be founded on the word of God and on who He is, and to know that He is true, and to know that He is faithful, and to know that He is righteous, and to know that He can do anything. I'm gonna let my choices lead and my feelings follow. Because sometimes I'm gonna say we have to make a choice to forgive. And this is hard for us to hear because we just want to be upset for a little while, don't we? Just let me be upset for a little. Let me, let me be upset at this person. Let me just look at him in, in this way. Let me look at her in this way. Let me just be upset for a little bit. I don't want to fix it just yet. I want to fix it in a little bit. But, but let me just be upset for just a moment. Come on, y'all looking at me like if I'm strange here. You know what I'm talking about. When you reach out to someone and you're just saying, I can't believe they did this to me. And someone says, just let it go. You, you go and you find the next person. You want someone to agree with you because I just can't forgive just yet. Let me be upset. Let me hurt. But, but can I tell you that for unforgiveness, it affects us. I, I can't even go into how many health issues can be pointed back to unforgiveness because we hold on to things. Can I tell you that you're not hurting them, that you're hurting yourself? Come on, that you are not hurting them, you're hurting themselves. You could be bitter because someone didn't say hi to you at church and, and you go home and you're upset and you're annoyed and, and the truth of the matter is the person didn't even see you but you're holding on to it. You are the only one that is hurting. I heard it say, someone say it this way, unforgiveness is like setting yourself on fire and hoping that your enemy dies from smoke inhalation. I want you to die, but I'm going to set myself on fire. Who is, who is being harmed more? I'm being harmed more. I have to make a choice. I have to make a choice, and I'll say it one more time, and then I have to let my feelings follow. We have to make sure that bitterness leaves our heart. It's not worth the tears. It's not worth the heartache. It's not worth the worry. It's not worth the frustration. It's not worth the sleepless nights. It's not worth the anxiety. It's not worth the depression. I want to live the life that Jesus died to give me and nothing less. I want to live a life of peace. I want to live a life of tranquility. I want to live a life of blessing. I want to live a life of prosperity. That is, he said, I have come to give you life and to give it to you abundantly. So I'm not going to hold on to bitterness and let it take root in my heart and let it affect me and everything that I do. I'm going to take authority over it in the name of Jesus. And I'm going to believe that he can deal with it. 
The third thing, rejection. Rejection. While it, it could be an action, while it could be something that someone did to us, the majority of the time, rejection comes to us in the form of words. It comes to us in the form of words. Proverbs says the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who will live it, love it, will eat its fruit. Isn't it awesome that, that Paul, what Paul says, that it, it pleased God that through the foolishness of preaching, that is what Paul said, that through that salvation would come. That through words, that what we have taken distorted, that what we have taken and, and as a world and as a society made bad, through words is what God chooses as a means to declare the message of salvation. The tongue has the power of life and death. We, some of us in this place, are living out the words that have been spoken over us. Whether it be good or whether it be bad, we're living the words that have been spoken over. Someone called us something. Someone said something to us. And now, years later, we're living out what has been spoken over our lives. Years ago, a student would never speak in class, and we were... I, we were asking all types of questions. Why wouldn't the student speak who was a sophomore in high school? Would not speak, would not speak. And there was a plan in place to, to take care of it. But I never heard this young man say good morning. I never said him, said, heard him say bye. And I found out that one of his elementary teachers one time told him, you, you speak too much. You speak too much. You need to learn how to shut your mouth. And even though that was years and years ago, he was still dealing with some, some form of rejection that had come over his life. And, and now he was still living out what was spoken to him years ago. What are we living out today? What has been spoken over our lives? What has been spoken over your lives that you are currently living out? And we believed it and, and we let it assume our identity, and even though God never said it, it has become who we are. It has become what has defined us. It has become what we are labeled by, but in Jesus' name, we're going to break those off. We're going to break those off. Someone that said, has been told something that you'll never amount to anything, I come and I cancel that and I say, you will amount to great things. Someone that has been told that you will not be successful, I declare to you, you will be successful in Jesus' name. I, I cancel the curse that has been spoken over your life, that you have taken its identity and made it your own. I come against it in Jesus' name, regardless of what has been spoken over you, what regardless of what has been declared over you, there is a word that is mightier. There is a word that is greater. There is a word that is more meaningful. There is a word that is more defining. There is a word that is more encouraging. It is the infallible, incorruptible, immovable, unshakable, unchanging, everlasting word of God. And for all the lies that have been spoken over you, I come to tell you that his word is more powerful. His word is greater. His word has more authority. And the Bible tells us that his word washes our minds. So I can be made new. I can be made new. 
can be changed. His words are life. And those seeds of rejection that have been planted in our lives that cause blockage, we're going to reverse them in Jesus' name by discovering and receiving God's acceptance of who we are through the power of his word. I am who God says I am. You are not poor. You're rich. You are not cursed. You're blessed. I come to declare the living word of God over your life. So rejection has to leave in Jesus' name. And the last thing, evil thoughts. I use that phrase because that's the word that Jesus himself used. He said evil thoughts. It's all-inclusive. It covers everything. It encompasses everything. Everything that you and I have allowed into us. All the pollution that we have allowed, all the websites, all the experiences, all the thoughts, all the music, all the movies, everything that we have let in our spirit that has polluted us and that has allowed us to shape our mind and to shape our thoughts, everything that you and I have put on the hard drive because now we have this free life, but we still have hard drive, a hard drive of information that we have to deal with. I'm free in God, but I'm still having to deal with what I thought of, or what I looked at, or what I said, or the music that I heard, or the movie that I watched. For it, is, the Bible says this, for it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evil things come from inside and they defile a person. They make a person unclean. So the truth is, Impact City Church, we need to be cleansed. From the evil thoughts that have taken root inside of us from the evil thoughts that result when we ourselves are to be exposed to unholy things, that when we speak lies over ourselves, the evil thoughts need to be replaced with the truth from God's word. Those evil thoughts need to be replaced with the truth from God's word. But here's the kicker. You and I need to allow it to happen. If I put up a guard, because... You can leave this church, you can leave today in the exact same condition that you walked in. Or you can leave here washed by the word of God. The choice is yours. We have to allow it to happen. Worship team, will you come? We have to allow it to happen. I gave you four blockages and in the next five minutes I'm going to give you three steps. I hope five minutes. Um, to transforming the heart, and they're found in Ezekiel chapter 36. This is what God says, I will give you a new heart. Anybody need a new heart? And put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees, to follow my word is what he's saying, and to be careful to keep 
my laws. So there are three things that you and I need to activate to be able to transform this heart. The first thing is I need to invite the Holy Spirit to show me. I need to invite the Holy Spirit to show me. Why? Because we can't change what we can't see. And we need God to ask us to show us. This is a great scripture in Psalms 139. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Anybody deal with anxious thoughts here? See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. For what I don't know, God, I need you to show me. For what I can't see, what is, for what is not obvious to me, what everyone else sees, but they're just too afraid to tell me. For what that is, I need you to show me so I can deal with it. I can't deal with what I don't know. Search me. Know my heart. We can be unaware, so we need the Holy Spirit to show us. The second thing is, I need to invite the Holy Spirit to change me. You have to want it. There reaches a point where we say, God, I'm tired of living this sinful life. I'm, I'm tired of dealing with these habits that have dominion over me and I don't have dominion over them. Because the truth is what I don't dominate will dominate me. I need the Holy Spirit to change me. Ask God to change you. Ask him to change you. Don't just assume that he's going to change you. Take action. Take action and say, God, change me. Take that first step. What, what his word says, draw close to God. He's telling me to take the first step and he'll draw close to me. I have to take action. This is what David said, create in me a pure heart. This murderer, this adulterer, this, this person that has so many issues, he said, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. I need a pure heart. I need a pure heart. And the last thing, you, gotta, you have to invite the Holy Spirit to fill you. Invite the Holy Spirit to fill me. Once you do this process, why is this important? Because we're taking out things in our heart, bitterness, rejection. We're taking out selfishness. We're taking out evil thoughts. We're taking this out. So I can't leave it void. I need to fill the void that is being left by taking this. So I need God's Holy Spirit. I need his Holy Spirit to fill my heart. God, I'm letting go of bitterness. I'm letting go of rejection. I'm letting go of the hurt, God. I'm, I'm, I'm forgiving. But I need your spirit to fill me. We need the Holy Spirit to fill the void. And this is what the scripture says, Ephesians chapter 5, 18. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Holy Spirit, for everything that is removed from my life, I need you to fill me. Invite him to fill you so that your heart will be filled or full of only what is good. Only what is good. 
Only what is good. I want to pray for you. Bow your heads right now. Father, we thank you. I thank you for your word that washes our minds. I thank you for, our word, for your word that encourages us, that challenges us, that lifts us up from the situations that we have caused sometimes on ourselves or sometimes the situations that we have allowed to, to take root in our hearts. God, right now we come against selfishness. We come against bitterness. We come against rejection. And we come against evil thoughts. And we ask you, God, that you show us we ask you, God, that you change us. And we ask you, God, that you fill us. We need you, God. In every moment, God, we truly want to live a life of freedom. I want to live a life of fullness in you. And I know, God, I recognize that for me to do that today, God, I have to surrender some things to you. I have to surrender some things to you and let you be Lord over every area of my life. Right now, God, I thank you. I thank you that you are, that you are, God, coming, that you are taking care of the hidden issues in our lives, that you're taking care of our hearts right now, God. We, we know you to be a God that can work through any issue. And I thank you that there is nothing that I am dealing with today. There's nothing that I have been a part of. There's nothing that I have been exposed to. There's nothing that I have been a victim of that you cannot deal with right now, God. And I right now release it to you. And I ask, God, that your precious spirit fill us right now in Jesus' name. Right now in Jesus' name, God, we come against words that have been spoken Right now, we declare your living word over us. We declare your perfect word over us. We declare your everlasting word right now in Jesus' name. We thank you for what you're doing in this place. With every eye closed, every head bowed, if you have not made a first-time decision to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, what an incredible day that today you could make that decision and be baptized. And if you want to make that First step, I invite you right now with every eye closed, I just want to give you an opportunity to say, Jesus, I receive this incredible gift. I receive this incredible gift right now. I want to invite you to just raise your hand right where you're at. And we're going to trust God that he is going to do. He's going to do for you what you haven't been able to do for yourself. So I want to invite everybody at the sound of my voice to pray for me. We believe in community. We believe in praying together. We believe in supporting each other. So pray with us. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for making a way for me to come to you. I receive you in my heart. Be Lord of my life. I give you all of me. And I ask you to turn my life around. Fill me with your spirit and help me live the life you died to give me. In Jesus' name, amen. Could we give God praise for everyone that received him today? I want to invite you to stand. I want to invite you to stand, and this is what we're going to do this morning. Regardless of the blockages in your life, 
regardless of the blockages that have been in your heart that have held you back from truly experiencing the freedom that God has for you. There's three important things to be shown by Him, to be changed by Him, and to be filled by Him. To be shown by Him, to be changed by Him, to be filled by Him. So we're gonna enter a moment of worship in the next little while, but I'm gonna invite you, if you fit into one of these three categories, I'm gonna invite you to come to this altar and take a step of faith. Put some action and say, God, you know what? I'm going out and I'm gonna believe you right now in this moment. So I'm gonna pray for you one more time and then I'm gonna just invite you to come. I'd love the opportunity to pray with you. We have prayer partners that would love to join you and connect with you and to be able to help you because the thing about freedom is that it is a process and that we need each other. We need each other to get there. Through his word and with his spirit, we'll be able to achieve it in Jesus' name. Father, so once again, we thank you. Father, once again, we thank you for being the great I am. We thank you for being the everlasting Father. We thank you for being the mighty God. We thank you for being the Prince of Peace. We thank you for being our counselor. God, you are everything that we need. And right now, God, we act in faith and we say, God, show me. Right now we say, God, change me. And right now we say, God, fill me. Right now we thank you for what you're doing in every heart, in every believer right now, God, we thank you that while we may have been wrong, that while we may have been hurt, that while we may have been abused right now, we release it all to you, God, and we thank you that you are a God of a new day. We thank you that you are a God of a new opportunity. So right now, God, I declare your living word. Right now, I declare your power, your goodness, your favor, your grace, your mercy, right now in this house, God. And I declare that you will do a new thing. It doesn't matter how long I've lived this way. It doesn't matter how long I've been hurt. Right now, you will do a new thing in Jesus' name, God. Holy Spirit, right now, I thank you for working and being activated in every believer in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, right now, amen.